That's Mike. That's Toya. And this is Tech Beats and Bites. All right. So getting back into it. Y'all know who we are. Uh, and like we said, we ain't got no sponsors to call out. <laughs> but we anyway. Own, you know, Timeline Brewery. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Uh, Culture Infused Creations, <laughs> Digital Grass, Medium 4, mm-hmm. Cosmology, yes. Year 60. That's about it, right? That's Injunction. Injunction Halls, yes. 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 Yeah. Cheers mm-hmm. Absolutely. And where would y'all rather be this time of day having beers with us? I'm wishing you were having a beer. I was about to with say, us. it's some people mad that they ain't having a beer because <laughs> right. somebody at work right now wishing they could drink. Exactly. We living your best life for you <laughs> right now. Oh, shout out to Lil Duval. His boy got out of jail. Oh, yeah. He did like the whole uh, ace thing from, um, what's the show? Uh, Paid in full. Uh huh. Where he got out and he had the keys for him. He's like, the main thing was to get my man set up and get him back on the stage. Yeah. But for his boy, he's talking about, you know, the comedian stage. But it still worked right. out. So he took him shopping, gave him a car, and all that oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. So that was dope. Oh, that's nice. I still don't know what he Look, was warm and fuzzy for. start. Yeah, we at least got to start off with something good. <laughs> Cause we about to get right into it. Yes. So anything about you want to get off your chest real quick? Some random thing? No, I don't have anything. Else. Look, the the show gonna unfold as it unfolds. <laughs> so I'm I'm just here to go with the flow and let it do what it do. It's a lot today. So we are gonna yeah. start off uh, the World Wide Web for mm-hmm. some of you people known as the internets, also known as www has turned thirty today. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, www. So, uh, Tim Berners Lee submitted his first proposal mm-hmm. for an information management system on March 12, 1989. Wow, it's like almost 10 years old. <laughs> his boss called the plans vogue, vague, I'm sorry, vague but exciting. Vogue would have been dope. If you <laughs> right, that's so in vogue, but uh, not so much. Today, around half of the world's population is online. Uh, Berners Lee cites three major sources of dysfunction of the effect in the web today. So, yeah, I think we should just go through those because some of this is very true. We'll do it yeah. in a shorter way. Uh, deliberate and malicious intent resulting from issues like state sponsor hacking and criminal behavior. Mm. Uh, how Trump got elected. Um, right. <laughs> system- right. But layman terms. <laughs> <laughs> system design issues stemming from entities like ad based revenue models that commercially reward clickbait and a viral spread of misinformation. How Mark More Zuckerberg Trump. got rich. <laughs> and now that's why he keep being <laughs> going in front of panels and don't really have nothing to say. That. Um, unintended negative consequences of benevolent design, such as outrage and polarized tone mm-hmm. and quality of online discourse. Another way Trump. <laughs> right. <laughs> so basically. See, see how this all works. <laughs> so basically, what Tim is trying to say is everything about the internet that's messed up has helped Trump. Right. Um, so I do, I do believe, you know, there's an opportunity to save the web. I think that's a dope thing, but mm-hmm. it has helped us. It's allowing us to create this content For that sure. we're going through right now. It has fueled the age of Aquarius, the democratization of information. Okay. Y'all are able to get access. You don't have to go to the library. Did you just throw Aquarius the, in there? Yeah, the age of Aquarius. Um, that's because you was in there listening to Erica Badu. <laughs> <laughs> you might. <laughs> go ahead. You want to save the place for the show? Listen. <laughs> to have some incense burning. All in it. All in my feels. So we're going to have Dante trying to edit out uh, smoke. We're going to have incense starting to burn in the middle with our food. Uh, So Listen. The first webpage was created by CERN, the -hmm. European Organization of Nuclear Research. CERN. So we didn't even make the first (laughs) webpage. America is just weak right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that just shows y'all for everybody who's like into CERN and what they do. That just shows you how long CERN has been around. Oh, you actually know what CERN was? Isn't CERN the one that did the like the collider thing? Uh-huh. I think that's CERN. I mean, let me look that up real quick. Uh-huh. I believe that's CERN. They had the the collider. Everybody was talking about that. Was trying to find the god the god particle. I think that's CERN. Ah, uh, okay. let me see. So why are you doing that? that. Uh, Robots in medicine. So let's just imagine this scenario. Uh, You're sitting next to your grandfather's hospital bed. A robot rolls into the room and a doctor appearing via live video. Mm -hmm. Link tells you that your grandfather's longer failing and that he's dying. Uh, This is Ernest uh, Quintino's. uh, Is that Quintino? Quintiano? Um, Yeah. His test results were delivered to him at a hospital in California. During the delivery... Uh, his family that was attending there, his daughter, who had also was a repeat of what was going on, was basically very enraged or was upset to hear about everything through the robot. So without getting into more of the details of this, um, my first feedback is get ready for it. I think this is nothing but the next level of what we have is telemedicine. Yeah. Um, telemedicine now, a lot of specialty. Uh, one of our alumni, um, Dr. Sharika Brookins, mm-hmm. that's an AKA from Florida State. She's doing telemedicine in the kidney field, mm. renal care. And I think it's a big thing because some things you can tell just from a conversation or from certain tests that are done and evaluating and saving that extra hour waiting for doctors that always seem to be late in yeah. the drive and especially for people in rural communities where they will have to drive into the city um, and that's going to be a hard thing for some people so I think that's a big thing so the fact that she has that put together uh, means a lot but to hear this kind of confirms to me what she's getting ready to do mm-hmm. because I mean, I always wonder, you know, when doctors just come through and they tap you on your knees and they just listen real quick. All right, what they really doing? <laughs> Can you really tell? What have you figured out that this robot can't figure out? Mm-hmm. So, um, the senior vice president, Michelle Gaskell Holmes from Kaiser Parent. Man, um, AP, you gonna have to give me some permanente me some names with this. Permanente said. We regret failing short in meeting the patients and families' expectations in this situation, and we will use this as an opportunity to review how to improve patient experience with the televideo capabilities. Mm -hmm. Now, see, I just want you guys to know, our associate producers give us stuff and we haven't, so I didn't even know that they were now calling it televideo. So telemedicine is what I knew, so now televideo is the next thing. Um, honestly, for me, with the basis of technology and as many meetings that I have to still drive to, that I think <laughs> that I think could be done over the phone right. over or a video conference. join me or a video conference, yeah. I think this is a great thing. No, absolutely, and I believe is it Baptist South. They actually have an app now, like when you go to their urgent care that talks about um, sort of like connecting with your doctor via an app and Mm. having like live access, 24 seven access to physicians. So medicine is definitely bringing technology into the fold. And you're even seeing it on the commercial side, right? I think there's a commercial, is it AT&T? Somebody has a commercial out where you're seeing a woman getting a tattoo by a robot arm and Mm -hmm. the the actual like tattoo artist is somewhere else remotely. So the idea of using robots as a way to sort of help things happen across distance is is here. So let's look at the positives of it. Uh, we're hoping for cost saving. 
increased access for the public and efficiency, of course, that comes into the whole rural communities and rural areas where mm-hmm. doctors may not be there. To, right. They may not have access. Might not have the specialists and stuff like that. Right. But um, where should the line be drawn between tech and personal interaction? I think that you can never get away from the personal interaction. And with technology, that just means that your bedside manner has to be even that, like, more on a higher level mm. because you're talking through a camera. So if you're a, a physician and you just have like that cold demeanor, that's not necessarily gonna work. You're not gonna be able to connect with your patients. You could come across even colder. Cause we know even with email, things get kind of misconstrued. Even if someone was seeing your face and your tone isn't quite right, you know, you're delivering information that you're not necessarily there in close proximity. So you have to be conscious of how you sort of do that, especially on the physician side. And I think monitoring the procedure, I think that's actually gonna be beneficial. Um, kind of if you think about the whole thing, well, like cops with body cams. Mm-hmm. The fact that now I can see how you've treated my grandmother. I can see how you interacted right. with her and the things and now, of course, this will get into your HIPAA laws. But if you can record these sessions, just imagine now if we can't be there to go to the doctor with mm-hmm. my grandmother or with anybody in your family, you can chime in and you can right. tap into it. To me, that's even better because now yeah. everything's on record and be like, wait, you didn't say that. The way you was talking to her, that didn't come across that mm-hmm. way. And it might be better also for training because now you have more documented content. Right. To be able to say, that you can well, show. this is what you said. And it would back up notes because what happens when a maybe a doctor, you know, especially doctor's handwriting. Mm-hmm. So what happens if you got to pass the patient off and maybe they didn't get a chance to get the notes over the right way? It'd be much easier to say, hey, we're going to upload these files right, to review. a server. You can review them from there and take over the patient. I think mm-hmm. it's actually a great thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like you said, what information should and shouldn't be conveyed in this manner? I think everything goes up into a private cloud, a private server. And right. as right. a family person, you decide. I mean, I don't know if a hacker benefits by hacking to know that my grandmother is sick. Um, you never know. People can always find a reason to hack a system. Um, but I think this is great. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure I would be ready for a robot to come in and draw my blood and certain things like that. But unless they really found a way to like make it like really kind of like take the pain away and the sort of intimidation. (laughs) Right. Because that's the only thing I was thinking when I make it just easy. So it's like, oh, that was great. You know what I mean? Because there's there's something that happens when you can sit down and draw blood. Like especially if you don't like doing it, and you don't like needles, your nerves get all crazy, and you start. So you like, mean like the robot has a better sensibility of like scanning where the veins right. are at, and, and so it may be more precise and more efficient than like a human touch. Maybe Who we knows? shouldn't be talking about this online. <laughs> we need to get offline and go make that happen. Right. <laughs> um, so Spotify, Hulu. Yeah. Uh, to all the scammers out there that's using somebody else's account, just thought you should know. <laughs> Starting today, Spotify Premium will include a free subscription to Hulu's ad-supported plan. With this plan, you're restricted from adding premium channels such as Showtime and HBO to your account. See? What's <laughs> old boy Green Block from last week? You yep. losing again. Um, we'll have a Spotify Premium account, but I really don't know if I care about this. I don't. I don't, I don't have Spotify Premium. Mm-mm. Now, but it does. It, it kind of goes into a segue or goes right into what we were getting ready to talk about. Mm-hmm. Breaking up Google. Um, now we have these efforts to break up large tech companies. So mm-hmm. one of the ones we're talking about, the Australian division of Rupert Murdoch's. Yeah, you know, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fox. Right. 
I would still want to talk about that. Fox News versus Fox. Because Fox has some of the most groundbreaking shows. We've mentioned that on one of our other. Yeah. In Living Color, Martin. Martin, right. Um, submitted an 80-page document to the Australian competition regulator to break up Google. Mm-hmm. News Corp accuses Google of abusing its market dominance in search to benefit its ad business and call for search business to be separated from the rest of the company's business units. All right, this is my first thing. Again, HBO CEO. This is what domination looks like. <laughs> just admit you just want to break it up because they're killing you. Um, Bing had a chance. Yahoo had a chance. Yep. I forgot the other ones. A lot of people had a chance to have search engine companies. They just did a horrible job at it. I don't. I don't see a dominance in Google when Google still only can scan the information that's put out there. Yeah, I guess they're just talking about from a user perspective. Like everybody just Google is almost like Kleenex, right? It reached that point to where it now becomes a thing that's used for the action. Yeah, but once I become a verb, that's your fault. Right. If you've allowed me to do that, that just means I got better marketing than you. Exactly. So, you know, and I think it just because tech is still so very new. So they they treat it very much like how they did with like telecom and how trying to break up like the mm-hmm. the monopolies and the, you know, railroads. Verizon came and bought up everybody. Right. And it just keeps going back to a certain extent. I don't know what else. You know, Google is Google. Yes, they are very invasive. And yes, they know what you're doing all day, all time. No, I mean we passed that point. It's Google. It's Google it now. Like that's we're past that point. We're past that point. So News Corp is not by itself. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren, um, after she realized she wasn't Indian, a Native American, <laughs> said <laughs> said she was, she did it to herself. <laughs> said she would break up. Wait, but you. So I'm one thirty two. I'm one sixteenth percent. Right. So at that point, I am. No, you're not. That's the whole point. It's too low. Um, submitted an eighty page document to the Australian Competition Regulator. Oh, I'm sorry, breaking that down. I'm sorry. So Senator Liz Warren. Sorry, guys. Uh, says she would break up the big tech giants if elected president in 2020. All the votes you just lost by saying that. Right, but I'm saying like, what's the point? What What are you getting at? Like, if there's a direct purpose for the breakup, then maybe like position it that way. But just to be like, I'm coming in and I'm breaking it up. Like, why? What? So as soon as she did that, Zuckerberg and his boys removed ads supporting Warren's plan to break up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You gonna break us up? You're not talking on (laughs) my platform. So before you run for president, you use probably the largest platform for your marketing. Right. Saying you're going to break them up. Won't, won't. Might not have been a good idea. Mm-mm. So the three tech giants, of course, have been bulldozing competition. Those three tech giants are Facebook, Amazon, and Google. Yeah. Um, and they use private information to profit and title the playing field in their favor. I mean. So, yeah. Right. So there's there's two sides, in my opinion. Right. So, of course. Stop using it if you just. Right. Stop using it. Or either, like, really for real, implement, like, some sort of, like, regulation. You know what I mean? There needs to be process. But breaking them up, they're companies that built themselves that way, right? So, I don't know. Again, you're just breaking them up because of what they did for private information. Like, there just needs to be repercussions. And then now you implement stuff so it doesn't happen again in the future. Or just make them pay taxes. That, too. Let's just start there. (laughs) Right. Like, there's other ways to do it. $11 billion profit, make them pay taxes. Right. And taxes will do everything else that you need to do to fix this world. But right. I mean, 
why break up somebody for doing something good? I, the bottom line is, Facebook only exists and works because of all the information we put up there. Right. If you break your addiction from Facebook, get that one person in your family that know how to build a website, you can make your own little WordPress site and everybody in the family can log in and post stuff and y'all can like and comment your own stuff on your own little internet work. But that's not why you do it. People right. are addicted to addiction. They're addicted to getting information. We want to learn more. People just want to be involved in the conversation. Facebook is not making you log in and put that picture up and take that selfie. No, it's not. Facebook never did that. So you move that out of the way. Amazon didn't make you get that Prime account and say, hey, I'm not going to the store no more. <laughs> right. You can still go shopping. Right. Everything you get on Amazon is still at a store somewhere. Right. 100%. And Google, I mean, I guess if you just don't want to know stuff, you can still use Bing. <laughs> yeah. Bing is still available. You can still use Safari. Yeah. <laughs> Internet Explorer if you so choose. I, I mean, yeah, you can still go back to Windows 95. and AOL still exists. People still got AOL email accounts. There's stuff you can do. Like, if you want to break up anything, break up the government. <laughs> don't break up tech. Um, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. That's why I would say I don't get the point of the breakup regulation and like implementing like rules and processes I get that because you don't you want to protect people's information from stuff happening that we don't know about totally get that but just breaking it up to be like to what now you're going to have like other stuff entering into the marketplace and people are going to still gravitate to what makes the most sense because these particular platforms just happen to have really great UI <laughs> that's why people are there there have been other websites that try Yahoo to compete and fixed, take people away Yahoo could have fixed their interface a long time yeah. ago and I would have stuck with it but anyways, Zuckerberg and his $80 t-shirts mm -hmm. decided that in the interest of allowing robust debates, he was going to restore her ass to Facebook. Warren tweeted, and we quote, thanks for restoring my post, but I want a social media marketplace that isn't dominated by a single censor. You got to create it. The censor is <laughs> not dominating. The users have chose to go that route. Everybody could go back to MySpace right now. <laughs> right. MySpace. Black Planet just resurfaced again. Black Thanks Planet. Solange. MySpace. Yeah. All these things are still available. If you just don't want to use them, nobody forces you to buy an iPhone. You buy it no. because you want to. Mac, yeah. Tim Cook did not call me and say, on your next laptop, <laughs> right. you better get a Mac. I chose that route. I guess some of this I don't agree with. And maybe because I am a tech guy. Mm -hmm. But I don't agree with this. Uh, there's nothing to, I agree with breaking them up. If anything, I definitely think Bezos should have paid more taxes. I understand his wife is about to take him for half. But <laughs> <laughs> right. That's your personal problem. That's, that's personal. Those are PPs. On, on, on the business side, he should have just pay some taxes, man. Send some kids to school. Do something. <clears throat> yeah. So um, she, we, wins, she wins no points with that one. We've talked about this topic a lot. Mm hmm. Um, this was the grounds, I, I believe, if, if people can see. Yeah. It says it up here, dedicated yeah. to establishing an inclusive entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, that's what Digital Grass right was built off of. So people are talking about the diversity leaders now. Yep. Somebody finally wrote an article that said diversity leaders are set to fail. Our good friend Felicia Hatcher sent me a post that said you could have written this article, Michael. And I agree with her. But um, I'm just going to read off some facts to you guys before I get into my rant, because this is not a Latoya rant. This is a Michael rant. We might have to make another graphic for that 
uh, D. We might have a Michael Rant graphic. So diversity leaders, they're new to the role, while some 47% of the companies included in the S&P 500 index currently have a chief diversity officer or an equivalent. Mm -hmm. Just two thirds of those were hired or promoted into these roles in the past three years. Mm -hmm. Get that now. So we're talking to 66% of them just got in there the last three years. They don't have the power they need to make a difference. More than half of those surveyed reported that they don't have the resources they need to execute new programs and strategies and that they are burdened with additional corporate responsibilities outside of their inclusion work. They don't have the data they need to make a difference. Only 35% of the CDOs said they had the employee demographic survey information they needed to support their work. Mm-hmm. Other leaders aren't on board, imagine that, all of the leaders surveyed reported that diversity and inclusion came up in the last list of eight potential business priorities for their comp- companies. Right, because it's feel good. It wasn't meant to do anything. It was feel good. So I didn't even, I didn't even have to go through the rant. Toya just summed <laughs> it up for y'all. They don't want y'all to do anything effective. They put y'all there as puppets. Y'all take these six-figure jobs. Y'all go traveling. Y'all go to these conferences. And you guys are sitting up there becoming these puppets for these companies that you know aren't actually making any impact and aren't doing anything. We don't feel sorry for you. You weren't set up to fail. You just took a failing situation and thought you was going to do something good. And some of you knew you weren't going to do nothing good. It just came with good pay and easy work. Leave. Leave or write. Everybody should come up with the same thing. You knew it wasn't going to make a difference when you have no power of the other chief executive officers. You don't have any hiring power, so it's not like you get to go out there and just change the recruiting scope. Mm-hmm. You're 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 that you're pretty much that one black person that the uh, <laughs> the house committee bought in and said I'm not racist. That's really what you are, and I don't care how you sum it up. It's Anybody could come and try to tell me different. There's some companies that are already diverse companies that have these things right. in place, but these large tech companies that are still saying that it's just a pipeline it problem. Quick. Yeah, like yeah. they didn't want you to see it anyway. So we ain't even gonna spend that much time on it. I just want to reinforce it. Y'all were meant to fail when they made the title. Just put it that way. Right. They weren't committed to solving the problem. And I'll say this, too, because my first internship was at a huge um, fast food corporation. Not going to say the name. Mm. And it was actually in the diversity supplier department. Mm -hmm. And the chief executive over that was a black guy. I think he may have been SVP and not on the um, and not in the C-suite per se. But I can say that this particular department were specifically responsible for making sure that this particular fast food chain sourced from minority companies. So paper plates, Mm -hmm. forks, chicken, et cetera, et cetera, just to make sure that other small businesses were included in the sourcing and the spending that was happening for for this particular fast food chain. So unless there's diversity happening that way where it actually deals with dollars and not feel good. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna happen. So, you know, you have to think about that, especially with tech. So for me, if anything, the diversity should be directly tied into like HR. Mm -hmm. Like that would actually be a function to where you're ensuring that the the hiring processes, the recruiting processes, everything is actually inclusive. That's more of a tangible way to do it and not just a high level oversight. Because, you, you know, what, what was your direct responsibility? What were you actually supposed to impact? And if you're just doing studies, you, we know that you could skew statistics however you want to skew them. 
And if you don't have do. access to the information, then your your studies really aren't based in anything. I, I, I don't even have anything against that. It's that's just what it is. Yeah. Unless you break in bread, hiring hiring five extra black people or women right or, or somebody from lgbtq latinx yeah, whatever yeah that, that ain't gonna fix it so it solve the problem man y'all want to fix the problem solve the problem there's 106 hbcus that you can recruit from figure it out um i want to give a quick one to jay-z mm-hmm. jay-z is flexing in all the right right so uh jay-z's rock nation got an arrested sixth grader acquitted of all his charges and um, the internet is rejoicing in tears, and that's where we find this story. If you, if you don't know, Jay-Z is a part of the Justice for Trayvon Martin Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay-Z made the Khalif Brown. Jay-Z was yep. instrumental in getting Meek Mills out of uh, prison. Yep. Jay-Z was a part of this situation. And then he also, um, was he an executive producer on the Trayvon Martin series that was on BET? Yeah. Yeah, he said, yeah, Trayvon, because we said if Khalif scares you, uh, Trayvon is next so he was letting people know I just want to shout out to Rock Nation for uh, really putting things together but just in case for y'all that were living under a rock uh, Jabari was arrested in 2018 after refusing to stand up for the Pledge of Allegiance in his 6th grade classroom. Arrested. Now first off you're not required to stand up. Right. Freedom of speech. Pledge of Allegiance should be muted just as much as R. Kelly. <laughs> right. Because if you really want to know what that song is about, look at the unedited version. Just go to the unedited version. Right. D.L. Hughley said it, and some people got offended, but he had us a point. Talking Do your about true it. research. Do your research on Do that. Do your research. So, and of course, now, just so you know, because of where we film at, it's normally nice weather and you'll see us smiling and skin glowing. Of right. course, it happened in Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> Florida <laughs> so, strikes again. <laughs> he was charged with disrupting a school function <sighs> and resistant arrest without violence after he refused to pledge during Black History Month. Jabari... Listen. Let us know if you play Xbox or PS4. Let us send you some games or something <laughs> or send you some books. Keep keep standing up for your rights. Listen, so we've had this conversation a little bit before, um, especially because I have a two-year-old black boy, right? Right. This is this is part of the reason why I have so much apprehension with putting him in like regular school because the way in which our black boys are handled and black girls as well, but particularly like black boys. Um... This just speaks on a whole other level about the school system, the teachers that are teaching our kids. Are they truly there for our kids? Do they even empathize with them? Do they even try to relate to them? And especially, this is Black History Month, so you're not even taking into consideration the national narrative and what's kind of going on and why he maybe, instead of like asking him, hey, so what's going on? Why are you deciding to not stand? Like, let's talk about this. Let's turn it into a learning moment and a teachable moment instead of getting him arrested. Like, was that necessary? No, it was not. The song lasts for what, a minute and 30 seconds? Right. So this kid sitting, let's just say he wasn't even sitting because he was protesting. What if he had a cramp? (laughs) What if he just wasn't feeling good? Right, stomach ache. Whatever, listen. Did it really bother you that much, Miss Teacher in Lakeland, that you had to stop the class, force him to stand up, 
make all the other 20 something students stop saying it, waiting for Jabari to say it, then calling the principal to get the principal to come down, then the principal calling the cops, getting the cops to come in, then arresting him? Yeah. And that's like, so last night I was catching up on Black Lightning. But y'all got people <laughs> shooting up schools and y'all worried about people standing up. And then go take those people who shooting up schools or whatever and go get Burger King with them. He got to go to Wendy's and stuff. That. He went to Wendy's. Sorry, Burger King. Um, but no, so I was watching the episode of Black Lightning last night and something similar happened. Um, if you follow the storyline, you know, um, Jay, the, the youngest girl, her boyfriend, died or whatever so she was doing they had like a memorial in the school and the principal went after her because she redid the, he tore it down and had it like thrown away so she was like no I'm gonna go and do it again because he's a part of our story he's a part of what the school is so it just in that episode of Black Lightning that just ties directly to this about the schools who's over our kids and the interaction that's happening to them on a daily day basis like we yeah. don't know and that's why it's so important for parents to be involved especially if they're in like a regular school system like you have got to be there. You gotta talk to them about what happened in the day. Yeah, what you gotta be there. You gotta be there. You gotta be there. Oh. So talking about mutant um going Michael Jackson and so Toya, I got some questions I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is a documentary a way to end careers and expose the truth? <laughs> Are we going about this the right way? Um, and guys, if you don't know, we're talking about surviving R. Kelly and leaving Neverland because this is the last week we're going to talk about this topic. Yeah, I haven't seen leaving Neverland yet. Me I haven't seen either one of them. I saw surviving R. Kelly. That was that was a lot. Okay. That was a lot. I haven't watched any of it. You know, so look, that totally, we saw R. Kelly's reaction and how he feels like he is fighting for his life right now. Plus, he's facing charges, right? So he is literally... Still thought he was about to break into the song. <laughs> right. So, you know, I think that what we're seeing is just the continuation of the Me Too movement. You have information that's coming out against people, and you have to let it run its course. People are making judgments. At the end of the day, we don't know. We're just public of court, you know, public opinion. We're speaking on the information that's being given to us. We don't know what's happening. D.L. Hughley came out, and he was saying, you know, basically the paraphrase about, you know, music is music. Yes, you may not like this particular person, but it's still a form of art. So he, I guess, basically was saying, like, he's not going to stop listening to R. Kelly and MJ. That was his choice. Everybody has to make their own choice. People are still behind R. Kelly. You still got women going and supporting him. and Paying child support and bail. Right. Everything for him. So it's at the end of the day, it's a personal decision on how you want to sort of, you know, digest what's happening to these particular stars and how you want to engage with them moving forward. So should we mute and ban things from all entertainers that have committed crimes? Listen, you have no art. <laughs> you would have zero art. <laughs> you would have zero. Just crimes, you would have zero art. The amount of people who smoke weed, gone. Listen, just from that, that's a crime still. Okay, that's true. Um, so one of our friends that we follow on Instagram and also on Twitter, Isaac Hayes the third. If you wonder why you only see Surviving R. Kelly and Leaving Neverland on TV and Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, and Jesse dominate headlines is because black people control no media outlets. Right. He who controls media controls the message. Yep. Imagine a negative Elvis documentary on BET. You will never in your life see a multi-part docuseries on Elvis or Woody Allen 
and their molestation skeletons. Show me one network that will air that mainstream media protects white indiscretions as much as possible while black men get entire productions made on them. I agree. I think there was a documentary, though, about Elvis preparing uh, the little Presley girl to move in when she moved in with him at 14. And there was supposedly a documentary on Woody Allen. And they do have a documentary coming out on Weinstein. So, is it that they aren't talking about it? Or is it that the other side just doesn't care as much about these things because they are kind of aware of it? I would say that there's just, we just know it from the way in which black crime is talked about in the media versus white crime, right? So the use of the word thug, the use of certain sort of like dog whistle words when they're reporting on different news. We know that our treatment is different right. in media. It's just a yeah, fact. We're going to be judged, yeah. It's just a fact. And we kind of talked about this last week uh, in terms of how they are dominating the space. But Weinstein was one of the first people to get kind of called out by the Me Too movement. And you hear almost nothing about his case. So we know that there's a bias. And that this is a something that I think I've sort of mentioned before is that like I truly often wonder how some black anchors feel when they're giving the news and the way that they deliver the news. Because if like how does that feel to sort of be a part of a system that you know is just kind of a bias and you know that there's tons of other crimes that are happening, but so much of black crime or crimes committed by black people, even though we're not the largest percent of the population, is what dominates the headlines of the evening news. Like, how does that, how, how do they feel? I think we're only 14% of the population. Right. But we, like, dominate the news. So that's why the world feels like black people are just walking around killing people well, yeah, and the criminals. Because we dominate entertainment. We dominate sports. We dominate the things that are most visual. The only thing we dominate that's not the most visual would be politics. So as you're talking about this, and I had this topic in here for us to discuss, it's kind of like, are we going back in time? Mm -hmm. And I mean, not going back in time in a good way. Right. I mean, look, that was Trump's whole thing, right? Make America great again. I don't understand why nobody picked up on that. So since you said that, (laughs) you have a black high school basketball player in New Jersey Mm -hmm. where... The mother went to a superintendent and complained because she claimed her son was subjected to racist taunts and jeers from the whole team's fan after laying down an impressive 20-point performance. Uh, His name, of course, was Nazir Dickerson. So he was subjected to monkey noises. Mm -hmm. His father ended up getting kicked out of the game, trying to stand up to the son's haters and basically telling them to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you go into something like you know, now we have charges that are dropped, by the way, yeah. not charges that are implemented, charges that are dropped against NYPD officers accused of raping a woman in custody. Now, I want somebody. I just want to take this in real quick. Mm-hmm. They ended up saying the sex was consensual, but she was in custody for committing a crime in handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Why did they just now make this against the law it just now became rape what what do you think what are your thoughts i think we're just we're really messed up (laughs) right i don't know i don't know what's going on with new york police department i I don't see how that's not rape i i I just don't see how they only get leave and they're not like I don't even think it's like right for you to have sex at work, but you arrest someone and have sex with them. Right. But that just goes back to the victimization 
of people how 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 they view criminals right so they feel like this lady is a criminal so they can do whatever they want to her and then when you talk about people who become police officers like there should really be some like psychoanalytics that happen on these people because there's a certain mentality for those people who become officers a lot of times and they do these things oftentimes because of who knows how they grew up, right? So they feel that they need to have some level of like stature in order to then reinforce sort of who they are. And then they victimize people, they they go after people, they assault people, you know, especially in the ones that kind of come out in these cases. So it's, you know, I think that you just have to really like look at the, you know, I don't know. I think that the over-policing period needs to be discussed and needs to be talked about. And I just want everybody to be clear, she was only 18 years old and was arrested for marijuana possession. Right. And said she was repeatedly assaulted in the police van while she was handcuffed. But this was deemed to be consensual. They didn't disagree. How is that consensual? They didn't disagree that they arrested her. Listen. They didn't disagree with the charges. They didn't even disagree with having sex with her. They didn't disagree that she was in handcuffs. Their only disagreement was it was not rape that she wanted it. Lies. <laughs> she just got arrested. Why would she want to have sex with the person who arrested her? Like, And she stop said it. it was inconsistencies in the alleged victim's testimony. Wow. So I shouldn't be scared of cops. I shouldn't be scared of getting harassed for the rest of my life. You're 18 years old. Yeah. That's somebody's child. Right. Right. That's not an adult. That's someone's child. I think they need to change adult to 25. Yeah. Because you're not an adult at 21. No. You're just able to buy liquor. And especially the, given the fact that people are like moving out of their parents' house at like 30 because <laughs> people can't afford to buy property anymore. So you babied a little right. bit longer. So people are 35, right, 40. That's what Dante's saying. But when you were talking about the black high school basketball player, it made me think about, so I didn't hear the full story this morning, but on um, like ESPN or whatever, they were talking about Westbrook mm. and how his whole thing happened in a game. I think it must have been like last night with a racial slur from a fan and how he went after the fan. It was like he going to F him up. And there's this whole kind of like controversy happening now to where I guess there's a lot of criticism on Westbrook versus the fan. And I guess the fan must not have been ejected. I didn't listen to the whole story. I kind of caught it as I was like moving around. But that's just, you know, so we're seeing it I mean, on a high I'm, school level. We're seeing it on the NBA level. I'm hearing they want to eject Westbrook from the games because he stares at people after he makes a shot. <laughs> the man is averaging triple doubles right now. He should have a little bit of arrogance. Like, if you dislike us that much, quit coming to the games. Quit watching. I mean, but, you know but what? But we're entertaining. Now, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump to this story real quick. Because since we're talking about that, we're we going to talk about entitlement. We got an update that just came in. A live update that I want to get to you. So, I'm sorry I'm making y'all wait, but this is breaking news. Breaking news. Okay? So, while he's finding that. I got it. Hold on. Oh, you found it. You yeah. found it. Go. Hollywood actresses Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives okay. and Lori Lawlin from Full House okay. are among 44 people charged with a large-scale college interest exam cheating scheme. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gets better. The FBI recorded calls involving the celebrities and a cooperating witness. 
The plot involves students attending or seeking to attend, and I'm going to name all these colleges, Georgetown, Stanford, UCLA, University of San Diego, USC, University of Texas, Wake Forest, and Yale. The focus was on getting students admitted to the schools as athletes, regardless of their athletic ability. It included bribes accepted by coaches, payments of $25 million over eight years by parents to be admissions consultants. Prosecutors also say that the consulting company brought administrators of entrance exams, including the ACT and SAT, to allow a Florida man who takes the test on behalf of the students to re- Florida again, who takes the <laughs> test on behalf of the students to replace their answers with his. Wow. This is what they're doing to get into college, but y'all are sitting around complaining about affirmative action. <laughs> so I just want you to understand, scholarships if they never play sports. And as I was talking to our AP, Alicia, on the way in, they were taking fake photos and putting together like fake sports resumes, even if these kids, so they put- <laughs> So they had a whole sports reel with just like fake footage. <laughs> Never played a game in their life to get into these colleges. Wow. So they're, they might go down under the RICO Act. So I want to know what, <laughs> what prompted them to start this ring. Like, I would love to hear the story. Like, so we were just sitting around one day and we were like, hey, girl, I need to make some money. Me too. Like, how did that happen? Like, who came up with that idea? Who said this, is, this sounds great? And how long has it been happening? When did they start it? See, I think now that's the part that I wanted you to address. <laughs> it ain't why or how they came up with it how long has this been going on right because we always hear about those that are grandfathered in to private schools right and other things and they don't have the skill set they're not that smart but they're once again accepted into harvard um or these private schools Mm -hmm. so that's just you know and you know we're talking about the guy that was taunting Russell Westbrook, he had a lot of racial things on his social media right. accounts and everything like that. So the hate is real, but why are you hating us when Russell's just athletically talented, but your counterparts are lying and paying $25 million paid? I mean, school is expensive itself. So these people are spending almost the amount it costs to go to college to get their kids into college by lying. Yeah. It's a lot going on, man. (laughs) Right. Corruption is everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) So everywhere you could think of. Right. Despite what you thought you heard. So speaking of the injustices of corruption and the New York Police Department. Mm hmm. Let's go ahead and have this little bit of conversation. Uh, Paul Manafort. (laughs) Yeah. Paul Manafort is pretty much going to jail for a violated ticket and DUI (laughs) charge. So while Paul is going to jail for his DUI charge and four years of not being able to drive his car along with his best friend that should be sentenced this week, uh, the little silver man that wants to be Nixon. Mm -hmm. Can't think of his name right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roger Stone. Yeah. Yeah. On Thursday, this man was only sentenced to a DUI ticket. For five counts of tax fraud, one count of hiding foreign bank accounts, and two counts of bank fraud. By the way, I want you to understand he's guilty. Khalif Browder, yep. who was not guilty of anything, anything. 
Yep. Set in prison for what three years, I believe it was close to mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. To the point that it draw, drove him insane. With it was abused while he was in there. Totally abused. Yeah. Mental abuse, mentally unstable, to the point where he ended up committing suicide. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's a saying in America, and that you constantly hear two things. Uh, one you hear is that love is blind. It's not true. If love is blind, you don't get to see the inconsistencies to make your love better. That's going to be my first thing. (laughs) And the other one is that justice is blind. Lies. Justice may be blind, but justice can at least see an analog and it definitely sees black and white. Justice is not blind. Justice may turn the eye to other people, but. Right. She's subjectively blind. And I, I, you know what? I don't even want justice to be a woman anymore because I don't think a woman will have this kind of cruelty (laughs) in her heart. Justice is an old white man <laughs> that put a woman in front for the basis of diversity and inclusion so he could pull the strings. Because although this is documented for the history of Manafort's relations and the theft from the American public through his tax evasion, which I'm pretty sure Trump is doing also, and bank fraud, the guilty plea in a Virginia federal court, which, by the way, was supposed to have a recommended minimum sentence of 19 years. Mm hmm for conspiracy violating cooperation agreement because he lied to the special counsel's office. The federal judge, T.S. Elias, pretty sure you can figure out who he is, stated that Manafort had lived an otherwise blameless life. Right. I just want y'all to take that in. Now, what about Khalid? Blameless life. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a young man that raped women that got four months probation that he didn't have to serve. I don't have to name the color of these people. I'm sure you can figure it out. But how is it blameless if you've been committing tax fraud pretty much your whole life? Right. You've been working with foreign countries. Right. You've been hanging with Trump and Trump has been the bankruptcy king for all of his career. What what do we consider blame? I mean, this 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 goes right into the white privilege of the woman deciding that she was going to go pet the Black Panther and it didn't work out for her. Right. Blameless has a lot to do with guilty, right? So if these people have not been found guilty, have not been caught, there's no record, that's the blameless. There's nothing to hang your hat on, right? So he doesn't, he's not guilty. He was just a businessman. See, when it's them, they can just pass it off. Like, you you just, you was a little naughty. We're just gonna like slap your wrist real quick. That's what that is. That's what, as I look to my right. Cause that's what that deserves. The distant look off in despair. It's not that bad though. People, we gotta do better. Um, right. We just got to do better. And going back to the point of um, of your boy Isaac Hayes III, again, owning the dialogue, owning the narrative, adding to the conversation, making sure that there are other perspectives that are out there circulating, 
And you know, a lot of people talk about how YouTube will flag certain videos, take accounts down, Instagram, Facebook, take certain accounts down. We'll get off the platforms, get on something else where you can speak freely. But that doesn't mean you stop speaking. That doesn't mean you stop sharing. That doesn't mean you stop talking about what's happening. You're not crippled just because you can't get likes. Right. You can still get the message out. Yeah. You got a phone, video, camera on deck all day, 24 seven. But look, I'm just saying, leaked messages from his daughter Andrea Manafort's hacked cell phone included text such as that money we have is blood money. He has no moral or legal compass, as well as pointing out that her parents can't go through a public divorce because he has too many skeletons and his work and payment in Ukraine is legally questionable. Right. But he's blameless because that's the network right so when you really do your history on this particular country you will find that it is built in that all that all of that go ahead and do in these streets give us that (laughs) give us that clip right so in these streets this is actually a good thing right so we started warm and fuzzy we gonna kind of do a midpoint warm and fuzzy so over the weekend a particular hashtag was was trending and it's the trash tag and what this particular challenge is, is actually having people go out in the streets to the beaches, to the parks and clean up trash and they're tagging their actions. So the trash tag, so they're going and cleaning up public spaces on their own. They're picking up trash. They're showing you the before and the after and they're like, this is what we did. And it's actually kind of cool because it's not anything new. I believe it started maybe like in 2015 or so, but it started to resurface and it's What's interesting is that it's actually getting people out and you're starting to see it's becoming a trend and it kind of went viral this past weekend. So that's what's kind of happening. This is a really good example of how tech can be used for good, how viral sensations can be used for good. So as much as we were sort of talking today about a lot of corruption and the craziness that people trying to break down right tech giants this is an example of how these platforms can be used to actually champion and get people to galvanize behind something that makes a difference so hashtag trash tag if you decide to clean up your yard or your neighborhood show the before and after and do what's good so i'm gonna go straight from that into the hustle i think that's dope um but for the hustle today hustle alert Again, I am not state certified or legally certified, but we <laughs> disclaimer said, across the bottom. You'll see the ticker. We're gonna start. We said we run this information. Um, as people may know, for Boeing on Sunday, Boeing seven thirty seven Max eight plane crashed six minutes after takeoff in Ethiopia, killing one hundred and fifty seven passengers. Very traumatic situation, mm. but. More so not talking about the safety of the plane. The first thing I noticed was dramatic story happening on the news on Sunday. The stock is going to plummet. The stock is dropping and now is a good time to buy the stock. Uh, UK, Australia, Singapore, Malaysia and carriers in several Latin American countries have grounded the plane. So they're not flying their 737 MAX 8s. And about 40% of the global 747 MAX fleet has been grounded. Meanwhile, the US FAA FAA has vouched for the safety of the plane. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I would be comfortable at this very day getting on a 737 MAX 8 plane, but I'm not really sure how many people ask what kind of plane are they flying on today. Right, you don't know. Uh, you just kind of get on the plane. But uh, right now, Boeing stock is definitely plummeting and it's a good opportunity to buy into some stock. Because they're not going anywhere. They're, they're going to come <laughs> back. And the thing yeah, is, the more anywhere. and more I look at stocks, stocks don't have the same impactful <laughs> of, oh, we're making money and we're making an impact. 
stocks to me have become very emotional. When Musk made his mistakes, the stock plummeted. Within two weeks, the stock was back up. Yeah. Uh, the game seems to become the game in a short. You wait for something bad to happen, dips down a little bit. When it dips, you buy, it goes back up. You make your 10, 50 to 70% on your money and you're out of there. Yeah. And that's why, you know, if you're going to get into stocks and like actively trading, you have to pay attention to the news because so much of what happens in the stock market deals directly with what's happening in those particular countries and in the marketplace itself from a news perspective. Unless you're trading at a much higher level as like right. a stock broker, then it's a different. Yeah, level. but if you're individual and you want to kind of catch on the trends and take advantage, you got to be in the know. So we got a couple of small little incidents. Um did you ever get a chance to see the whole interaction with Steve Harvey and Monique? I didn't see the interaction. I heard the interaction, but I watched her um, YouTube channel with her response with her and her husband on their little show that they have. What did you think about that? No, I think that from her, what I heard from her directly and the what I got the gist of the conversation, no, I think totally. And integrity is like everything. Your name is everything. And we have to, especially people of color, we have to get out of feeling as if we have to do whatever it takes to get to where we need to be, regardless of how that adjust, you know how that impacts you as a person and if it asks, and if it requires you to question your integrity and how you move and groove within whatever industry you're in and I think that's what Steve Harvey was sort of saying like no money over everything and she's like no pause integrity like dude stop like that's how we get into questionable situations that then come back to bite us in the behind because what he may have been doing trust me that's gonna come out like later and then it's gonna like completely kill his career and then he's gonna be like oh I don't get it what did I do no you did that because you sat there and gave up what's important to you I definitely believe I, I don't want to say that I feel Steve Harvey is a sellout but I definitely believe that Steve Harvey's in a position where he cares more about money than the integrity of a brand that he used to hold to me, for some way, he used to kind of represent our community, and now I feel he'll do whatever that comes with a certain paycheck. Yeah, and even look at it, right? So you know that there are the tons of conspiracy theories when it comes to Hollywood. But if you look at Steve Harvey's, like, career, he just, like, blew up out of nowhere. One day, he, like, had the Steve Harvey show, and the next thing you knew, he was, like, everywhere. He was right. on Family Feud. He had the radio show. He had, like, a thousand and one things going on all at the same time. And you're kind of like, how did that happen? And a lot of times, people who end up getting into these positions, there was some sort of something that happened behind the scenes that allowed that to happen. And there's different people who have come out and sort of been critical of, like, Hollywood. It's a, Professor Griff mm -hmm. talks about what happens in the industry all the time. D.L. Hughley kind of talks about it. Monique talks about it as well, especially with kind of what happened with her with Precious and things that she's kind of gone through in the past and how her husband has played his role in trying to protect her and to allow her to really walk in her own integrity and within her own space to make sure that she doesn't do anything that's questionable. So I, you have to question that. You have to look at that. Like what could, what may he have done to be able to now have access that he has to have the visibility that he has. When you know how this stuff works and when you know how on a spiritual level this, this stuff happens, you will, you, you'll, you'll see. So do you think for the 2020 elections, mm -hmm. do you think reparations for African-Americans and black Americans is going to be the large platform that everybody's going to be hemming and hawing about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. 
I think you'll have people who may him and haw about it, but it'll still be surface. Like you have to sit there and question them. Like, what are you doing really? Even when you look at like when I think when Kamala Harris went on, was it Breakfast Club and Charlemagne? Kamala Harris yes. And then Charlemagne was like uh, But wait a minute But what are you doing <laughs> Like So I, I get that I'm on my mom But what are you doing I think so, if they do the redlining Bringing up the value Of black neighborhoods Allowing a certain amount of money For us to invest In to buy property mm-hmm. And housing Is about the only thing They can do I don't think it works out By just setting a flat dollar amount And giving out money To me that's almost like a hush Because I can't see Any dollar amount They could do that they could give that would actually fix the system that we live in that's broken. Yeah. It would have to be systematic changes. The reparations doesn't need to be just cash values. It would have to be systematic uh, revolution to uplift people to make those changes. And who had a really interesting response to the idea of reparations was actually um, Marianne Williamson. She was on the Karen Hunter show and she sort of talked about it. And her perspective was instead of giving money to individuals, like give money to systematic changes. So education, actual programs that can help to infuse things that will create those opportunities because when you look at it the new deal that happened after the war that's what kind of like really created the the middle america sort of population right so but that never happened for us reconstruction never fully happened for us it was stopped it will happen for like a second and then that was it so we never kind of got that leg up that foot up that a lot of other communities have had well not even a lot of other that the predominantly white community has had right so things have happened that were systematically put in place to allow people to get that leg up people can talk about the welfare system we're not even the largest consumers of welfare um you could talk about sort of like um affirmative action but really a lot of that doesn't even really play into anything anymore and who knows how much affirmative action really did impact because if it only sort of corporations were only trying to fill a quota then you're not necessarily actually doing the work of what that particular process is about you're just again doing the warm and fuzzy all right you're not about institutional change so some quick shout outs and some closing words definitely a shout out to everybody that's out there participating in south by southwest yep uh rodney sam uh rodney uh with the culture house mm-hmm. uh opportunity hub with rodney sampson from atlanta um, but also, we got some local news. So, Miami's Octopi has been acquired, um, which is amazing. Acquisitions are always great. Exciting. Um, Octopi, Octopi is a Miami-based software startup that was built a terminal operating system to serve small and medium-sized seaport container terminals. It launched with its first customer just over three years ago, and the company's cloud-based TOS is now in use at 10 terminals in seven countries. Another big thing is our homeboy, Miles. Remember Miles? Mm-hmm. Miles uh, went there to head up sales in 2017. So I want to say Miles has been a great part of that success. Yay. So once again, that's another Miami company that's going through an acquisition, which is great. Uh, another shout out to Refresh Miami. Um, Refresh Miami has released a story that's called How Inclusive Are We? Um, the challenge is to look deeper and the 500 startups uh, summit goers are doing just that. So that's a good summit that's coming up that you guys should look into, which is uh, going to be held on a date. I will not be able to disclose, but we'll try to edit it in later, but we'll put it into our notes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's an amazing thing. And also another shout out to our girl, Maxine, 
who got an um, ROTR investment. Um, nice. And that Go changed Max. everything. So shout out to Max. Max has Caribou, a great program for allowing parents to read with their kids uh, near and afar. It's a great program. Max has been going really hard for this. Yes. She's been very, very supportive of our platform. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Max for making that happen. And then we had one more that came in from our director, which is um, partnership that's happening in Little Haiti. Uh, the IMG Academy uh, director is doing a program there um, and is charge of Colin Emissions Pro. So that is for, that's the magic program, Dante? IMG is... Casino, they don't actually do that story I just talked about, about the, the college pro. So they're doing the college, oh, okay. No, they, they He's charged. They're part of the... the oh, sorry, yeah. so we... Uh, that's not a good thing. Not a good thing, so... <laughs> What we have is an update to the right. news. Uh, to continue. News update, a y'all. News update. Breaking news. <laughs> right. <laughs> so our breaking news is that uh, IMG Academy director is charged college admissions pro. Wow. Right. So that thing that My came bad. even closer to home. Definitely wasn't even a shout out. No, but, not a shout out. So this is one of the main investors of the Magic City Innovation District Project. Wow, bro. You should have like, you really hit us with some. Listen. So this is getting closer and closer to home than anything. Yeah. Uh. Conspiracy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the 33 parents, including two well-known Hollywood actresses accused on Tuesday morning of cheating on college exams. Yeah. Mm. So back to the good news. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Not Dante has ruined that. <laughs> uh. Back to shout outs. <laughs> I don't that was I, a good update. That was a good. That was a good update. That was a de- that, that, that was a local spin. That, that was, was definitely spin. worth us running our first breaking news graphic. <laughs> <laughs> Just run that across there. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? I, well, you do your shout out, and we can close out with. We got one more shout out for the city. And then we got our old trap thing. Go. So you, you got any shout outs? And I'll do this. No, I definitely want to give a shout out to our also fabulous friend of the show and the platform and all other things in life, um, Don Dixon, because she's out there and yes. doing her thing at South by Southwest. And she got featured on The Breakfast Club. Yeah, she was on The Breakfast Club. So she is doing her thing. And I think she's actually doing her show live, if she hasn't done it already, bars. Bars, yeah. At South by Southwest. So that's cool. So big up to Don. Yeah, and Don started bars and she called and actually. Our one of our mentees mm-hmm. from um, Pensacola area. Well, not Pensacola, really, the Destin area. Um, Chris, one of our mentees, we met her almost met him. Excuse me, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And Chris is actually doing a lot of the production for Don. I hooked nice. them up because Chris lives up in um, Ohio. But right, cool. So that's really small circle when you get into certain things. Yeah. So to end out with a shout out of some good news. Arthur DuBose has taught himself to produce music. He's making trap music, but this is the thing. Arthur is 66 years old. You're never too old. Listen. On Monday, Arthur played his music for someone and his beats have now gone viral. This is a story I want you guys to understand that how a 72-year-old grandfather taught himself how to make trap music and to catch the attention of producers. It's a BuzzFeed article, and I just thought that was dope. I, it's never too late to chase a dream or to Mm-mm. learn something new. Mm-mm. And I want to give a shout-out to 
the City of Miami Gardens for another successful Jazz in the Gardens. And also a shout out to the FAMU golf team uh, as their legacy continues and they've been making a uh, lot of uh, headway as well as to Mayor Oliver Gilbert for getting the Presidential Award from the Alumni Association and his announcement to bring back the Orange Blossom Classic. Oh, exactly. so look at that. 2020 is going to be a big, and 2020 is also going to, oh, is it 2019? Sorry. We're in tw- wait, we are We're in 2019. Jeez, time goes by. <laughs> 2020. So this fall. Yeah, so, he wants to bring it back this fall. No, no, it's coming. It's coming in 2020. So it's not this fall. 2020, Labor Day 2020. Labor oh, okay. Day 2020. So they have a so 2020, but also in 2020 next year will be the 15th year anniversary for uh, Jazz in the Gardens. Oh, look at that! And then we will also be in Super Bowl in 2020. Yeah. So. Miami, if you haven't Pop put it. your money in the Miami Gardens this year, Miami Gardens is going to be the place next year. So right. a shout out to the city of Miami Gardens, Vernita Nelson, and all the people down there making that happen. Yeah. And that's Good it. Good things. So uh, you guys know us, Digital Grass, <laughs> you know our sponsor. So I think that's it, right? I think that's it. So uh, go call to you. <laughs> that's Mike. That's Toya. And, and this, this is, is Tech Beats and Bites. Oh, that was a lot of content. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs>